MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'm bad. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid kid. Weird name. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol my volume. Alcohol my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. Right? So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume, Tuesday, November 19th, 2013. If you would like to Skype in, Alcohol by Volume, all one word, or you can call 862-345-7125, and it would actually probably help if I put myself actually online on Skype and not offline. Uh, check out what we're talking about the Facebook group. Facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. I know I've added some stuff in there recently. And like the Facebook page, Facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And as always, there's the ABV beer Yeah. Wow, I'm already fucking up. Week off will do that to me. ABV beer tasting list, tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. So yeah, I, 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 I missed my first show. Ugh. I, was I was just completely waylaid being sick. Uh, pretty much sick the entire last week. Had to work three out of the four days being sick because uh, they pretty much uh, threaten us if we call in sick. Um, allegedly. I don't want to you know, get sued or anything. But uh, back in somewhat okay health right now. Still coughing up phlegm occasionally. I know that's delicious to the listeners. So, uh, last week I wasn't really drinking much because I couldn't drink, but the weekend before I actually found the, uh, Sam Adams winter favorites pack. It's got the Boston lager, winter lager, old Fezziwig ale, white Christmas, and then new for this year in the box, the Juniper IPA, which is sadly replacing the holiday Porter. Don't know why. Um, and the one I really, really enjoy in there, the cherry chocolate Bach, which is replacing the, ooh, excuse me, replacing the chocolate Bach. Um, I, I like I, said, I really like the cherry chocolate Bach, but I thought the chocolate flavor had almost a, it's like almost like a chalkiness to it at one point, if that makes sense. Um, sometimes that flavor you might get from like powdered chocolate, like quick stuff like that. I don't know. It was it was still good. That was probably the only bad thing I'd have to say about it. The Juniper IPA was actually kind of okay. It was probably one of the least offensive IPAs I've had. 
I still wouldn't get a six pack of it, but it was drinkable. So yeah, that's high praise for me, I guess. I also had a few growler fills. I mean, the the entire time I was sick, I had a beer or I had a beer. I had a fridge completely packed with beer and just no desire to drink it whatsoever just because I was feeling so shitty. And yeah, I know drinking beer would probably just make me drunk and make me not feel as shitty, but I didn't want to waste good beer on that. Uh, So I was just downing NyQuil like crazy and that helped more or less. I was doing that at work too, which probably wasn't a good idea, but uh, you know, it wasn't happy with having to be there anyway. So the growler fills. Well, whenever, um, whenever I have empty growlers in the house and my wife and my kid are going to hang out with her parents, usually like on a Saturday or Sunday, there's a liquor store out there that I go to that fills growlers. And and Dennis in the chat saying, so drinking beer would make you, you. Yeah, pretty much. It like activates my superpower, I guess. (sighs) Um, but at this, at this store, they do growler fills and they rotate, uh, the stuff they have on tap. I want to say it rotates maybe every, maybe every couple of weeks, something like that. But when she's going out to her parents' house, this store is a lot closer to her parents' house than my house, so she volunteers to actually bring the growlers with her if they're empty because she's a good egg like that. So she got me Kona Brewing Pipeline Porter. I've had the bottled variety before that, and I liked it, so why not have it on draft? I have not cracked that one open yet. Then I got Stevens Point Brewery Whole Hog Pumpkin Ale. Yeah, another pumpkin beer. It's actually kind of, you know, getting late, late, late in the season for that. Um, That one I actually finished last night. And when my wife mentioned it on the phone, I was going to pass on it because I'm I'm at the point I'm I'm done. I'm done with pumpkin for the season. Done. I, I don't want any more. But I looked it up, actually had really high marks on Beer Advocate, and it it was actually relatively cheap at the store too for a, for a growler. So I figured why the hell not. And I think it's actually up there with pumpkin and smash pumpkin. So it was really well worth it. It, it, There've been those handful of pumpkin beers that have been good for me this season. Although I, now that I mentioned, I I haven't even had a bottle of pumpkin this season yet. I, um, and the only smash pumpkin I had was at the, uh, that beer festival. So, I guess I could say they're really the only good pumpkin. Well, no, nah, that's not true. Um, one of the only really good pumpkin beers I've had this season has been the Stevens Point. But I did really enjoy the Evil Genius Trick or Treat, too. That one I raved, raved, raved about all over the place. And then finally, my wife took the third growler that I have uh, the other day and got me a bourbon barrel stout from Anderson Valley Brewing. I think it's their huge Arker Imperial Stout. Um, she couldn't remember specifically which one it was. And just going by the label, it just says um, Anderson Valley uh, bourbon stout. So it doesn't really say much more than that. And I was looking up online trying to figure it out. They have another stout that uh it's their wild turkey oatmeal stout that one's only like six percent alcohol the huge arker is 11 percent. when i tried this yesterday it felt more like an 11 percent. plus it didn't feel like an oatmeal stout either uh really really good though it had that nice balance of sweetness with the bourbon and everything it's the kind of thing where you want to just drink you know a pint of it in a sitting and not not binge on it you want to enjoy that and just kind of let it roll 
Just uh, not 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 that show, Dennis. It's not that show. I I tried to figure it out. Figure. <laughs> okay. I have no comedic timing this week. I, this week, when do I ever have comedic timing? Ugh. But since I did not do a show last week, I have a shitload of stuff piled up here. And actually, some of it, some of it, I'll definitely be able to roll into next week. And that actually probably leaves me at a good point to mention this. I am going to sadly have to pre-record my show for next week because I will be traveling for Thanksgiving next Tuesday evening, pretty much right when I get out of work, uh, getting home, getting on the road, driving out to Michigan. So I'm planning on pre-recording on Saturday afternoon, and I'm going to try and broadcast live on Google Hangout. I have never used Google Hangout before, maybe once. So I'm, I'll see if, if that will do anything for me. But if anybody's interested in joining in for the first hour, um, kind of, you know, it, do like a live chat kind of thing there while you're listening to the show. Um, the page for that, it's going to be google.com slash plus Kevin W underscore ABV. And I'll probably post that on uh, the uh, Facebook group too. But notice I mentioned only the first hour because the second hour for next week will be a previously unaired treat. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Dennis will love this, whereas I'll just, I, I would cringe listening to it. I actually listened to a little bit, uh, I think it was yesterday, and uh, 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 it's going to be the audition show for Alcohol by Volume that I did back on January 17th, 2013. Yes, it is the one hour um, or hour-ish audition show where I didn't edit anything. I just ran straight through and apparently that got me this show. So fuck if I know how that happened. But uh, yeah, so if um, if I solidify a time when I'm going to pre-record on Saturday afternoon, if anybody's interested in jumping into the Google Hangout just to you know listen to the live broadcast, whatever... Um, I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll I'll keep you posted on the Facebook group. Like I said, if anybody's interested, I'll have my Skype open if anybody wants to call in and whatnot. Ah, uh, so some of the stuff that I've got backlogged here. You remember me talking about that Pico Brew homebrew machine and how they were doing the Kickstarter? They reached their goal and all that. And you know, I I kind of went. Uh, yeah, Matt in the chat previously unaired treat you passing out after drinking Budweiser. No, sadly there there are no recordings of that. No recordings of that. Dennis was kind enough, at least as far as I know, not to uh, snap pictures or recordings of that. So that 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 will be lost to the ages. Although I I, I assume somebody could reenact that if they wanted to and then record it. I will take no responsibility for any uh, hospital bills incurred from that. So, the Pico Brew Zymatic Homebrew Machine, they actually quadrupled their funding goal. Their goal was a mere 150000 I say mere 150000 For some of these Kickstarters, that is low. They hit $661,000. I'm curious to see the project happen. Not so much that I was going to spend $1,300 to be one of the backers who would get one of them, but I'm curious to see what, if these do pick up and if they you know, kind of get some steam going, what retail would be on them. 
Um, and is he, see, Dennis is a softy. He said, unfortunately, he's not a big enough piece of shit, but his finger was so on the trigger. And you know what? Dennis, if you had recorded things from that night, fuck, I, would, I wouldn't have blamed you. I wouldn't have blamed you one bit. Uh, I've, I've seen, I've seen old video of me drunk from back when I was, shit, maybe like 16 or so. Stuff that I, I don't remember. And, yeah. And it, it, it's, it's pretty funny to everyone else, just to me. It's completely cringe inducing, which I guess is kind of the point. Ah. Let's see. What else did I find over the past couple weeks? Oh. Okay, you get, this this can kind of piggyback on some of the, some of the health talk that was on uh, Brain Stew on Friday. You guys know I like to run. I like to count my calories and all that crap. I like to not necessarily stay healthy, but I want to try and slim down and all that stuff. I found an amazing site, particularly for idiots like me who like to both drink and count their calories at the same time. It's beercaloriescarbs.com. Now, it, I've seen sites like this before, and you'll get your they'll have the calories for the most commonly listed beers i mean your bottle of bud light actually has it on the label anyway um there are a few others i know like sam adams you can find it on their website things like that and overall it is pretty easy to find calorie counts for budweiser sam adams uh other craft beers or goddamn red Sox. Ugh. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, he's asking, is this a new show on MLR? You fuckers. <laughs> That's what I get for missing a week. But uh, looking up the calories for craft beers was kind of a crapshoot at times, and I was estimating by alcohol, by volume of the bottle and everything, kind of going from there. I discovered it when I was actually looking for calories for the Stevens Point Whole Hog Pumpkin Ale. Which, going by that site, is 251 calories per 12 ounces. So, I, you know, a, a beer like that that I was not expecting to find accurate calories for was on there. They actually have a huge, huge listing of stuff. Like, stuff that I, I have no idea. I, breweries I'm completely unfamiliar with. And they admit that they're close approximations. They're not totally precise. But it's closer to what I was, closer than what I was doing previously. They even showed the math they used to calculate it based on the beers, alcohol by volume, original gravity, and final gravity. Now, this is all a bunch of math. Ooh, nice picture, Matt. <laughs> um, this is all a bunch of math that I don't understand. Um, let's see. ABV equals, uh, uh, let's see. That's uh, original gravity minus final gravity, and that's in parentheses, times 131. Original little algebra gives you 131.25 times OG minus ABV over 131. Ah! If, if any of you are actually into math, you may find this interesting. Go to beercaloriescarbs.com slash calculations. They actually did do math for this, and fine, I, I don't, I don't want to do fucking math. I mean, I did enough of that in high school, had to do uh, one or two classes in college, and I never want to do it again. Uh, so, um, well, this doesn't have to do with math, but it, it deals with numbers. Um, <laughs> alcoholic, well, <coughs> an alcoholic show with math, it would be, I have uh, one beer at my desk right now, and when that one beer 
is empty, I will open up a second beer. Haha. <laughs> Matt, one plus one equals fuck you, I'm drunk. Okay. I'm fine with that. This is not a math show, although a drunk math show. There, there seems to be a niche there that could be filled, I suppose. Be a very, very, very specific niche. So let me close that down. Uh, beer is losing share of favorite alcohol category among men and uh, men from uh, 21 to 27, but it is actually gaining among women. Yeah, gaining among women. God damn! I take one week off and I forget how to speak. Jeez. Ah, so there are lots of numbers in this article. It's from uh, restaurantnews.com. I'm only going to give you the more relevant bits because the rest of it's just oh, this percentage and then this percentage and this percentage. It's too much. So September 2013, 33% of males, 21 to 27, named beer as their favorite alcoholic beverage versus 39% in September 2012. So it's a 6% drop in a year. This I was kind of interested with. 39% of those say they're getting tired of the taste of beer, explaining some of the drop in their demo. Other reasons given are consuming other types of alcohol, trying to lose weight. I understand that. Now, the overall, let's see, overall stats as of September 2013, 39% of drinkers picked beer as their favorite, 30% wine, 28 spirits, 4% flavored malt beverages like Smirnoff Ice, and 1% hard cider. Women are gaining 20% or 26% naming beer as a favorite versus 24% last year. This isn't math. These are just numbers, you know, you know, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not losing you completely here. Um, and yeah, I'd be curious to see what the beer of choice is for that particular percentage drop. Um, especially the ones that are getting tired of the taste of beer I'm guessing that it's probably more big beer drinkers, Budweiser, Coors, all that, because with craft beer, you have a lot more variety. If you're getting tired of the taste of beer, you probably haven't tried enough beers. Just my opinion on that. And uh, speaking of losses, I don't see this as necessarily any big loss. Uh, in fact, I didn't even realize this was still around, but Miller Chill is getting dropped. Uh, it was a competitor to Bud Light Lime, both of them, Bud Light uh, Lime and Miller Chill, have suffered sales drops in the last year. Bud Light Lime dropped 11%. Miller Chill dropped 36%. Of course, Bud Light Lime, now we know, has that margarita line to fall back on, which I actually have some still in my fridge. I think I still have 10 cans of it. Um, I didn't. I don't know. For some, pre- for some reason, I was thinking the calorie count on those cans would be less, but it's like 230 calories per can, which... Well, to be fair, is about the same as some of the beers I drink, so I don't know what I'm bitching about. Um, let's see. Miller dropped a few more from their lineup. Their Southpaw Light, which is described as a low-profile economy brand. I'm not familiar with that one. And then another is being scaled back, which I didn't even know was still around, which is Red Dog. Uh... I remember Red Dog commercials from maybe mid-90s, late-90s. I had no idea that shit was still around. Um, yeah. <sighs> Let's see. Okay, just catching up on the chat. Um, Terrapin Brewing. I've mentioned some of their upcoming releases. Uh, they have that... Um, was it white 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 chocolate muhu that's supposed to be coming out? 
Well, they're being cited for alleged brewery tour violations. Now, there seems to be some uh, some little government corruptness going on with this one. Sorry. Um, maybe targeting by the uh, Georgia Department of Revenue. Terrapin's president and co-owner, he's been working to try and repeal the outdated laws regarding brewery tours in Georgia. Other breweries in Georgia conduct tours the exact same way as Terrapin, but for some reason the state isn't coming down on them. Uh, let's see. I know I got some stuff here uh, in the article. Uh, the rules are, in Georgia, breweries are not allowed to sell beer in their tap rooms. Instead, they may conduct, quote, brewery tours that must last at least two hours. Beer may be served as samples, but these samples may not exceed 32 ounces. So I'm guessing the way that sounds is that you can get some samples, but you're you're cut off after you've had as many, uh, you know, as much as 32 ounces. Uh, patrons must also be made aware that they do not have to purchase a glass to participate in the tour. So in short, the breweries are allowed to open their tap rooms for two hours a day, give a tour of the brewery, and serve samples during the, quote, tour. What most breweries do in Georgia is open their tap room for two hours a day, ask patrons to purchase a souvenir glass that includes drink tickets, and then enjoy their beer. So they're not technically buying the beer. But the state doesn't seem to be coming down on them. So one of those things, see what happens with that. I, I, I have a feeling I have a feeling they'll probably have to cave or something. Um, oh, where'd that Bud Light ad come from? It's a little gay there. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, do I not have a link for this one? Sure. Oh, well. Um, this was one I saw somewhere. I don't even remember where now. But there's that old wives' tale that if you have a drink, it'll prevent the body from feeling cold. Uh, I, for some reason, I was always taught that too. You know, have a blanket and, you know, like a pint of whiskey or something in your trunk. So if you break down somewhere, you'll be fine. And it's not necessarily the case, but beers may have actually saved a drunken sea swimmer in the UK. Now, never mind the fact that the beers were probably the reason he was in the sea, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get past that there. So last week, the British Red Cross revealed that 50% of 18 to 24-year-olds thought having a drink would prevent the body from feeling cold. Old falsehood there. And like I said, I, I fell prey to this too. Well, two drunk idiots stripped and jumped into Hearn Bay in Kent. They had to be dragged to safety with life rings after being in the freezing water for 45 minutes. In this case, paramedics said that the beer, eight cans worth actually, may have actually kept these two dopes alive. I said actually twice there, didn't I? Fuck. Uh, because their bodies had slowed down so much. Uh, now, obviously, if they had been in the water longer, they probably... Nothing would have helped him at that point. Uh, and a note for the future, keep me away from bodies of water when I've been drinking because I would probably be one of those damn morons that would jump in there. Um, let me make sure no strange... <laughs> a blanket... Oh, I do have blankets in my... Uh, homeless... No, I'm not a homeless drunk. I'm just a drunk. Uh, 
Oh, and um, let's see. Speaking speaking of dopes and morons, U.S. travel agent launches North Korea beer tour. Yeah, I don't see anything going wrong with this. Um, so it's an eight-day-long tour to three microbreweries in Pyongyang, which is supposedly some of the best beer in Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, yeah, of course, Kim Jong-un will say that, you know. They, he'll he'll say they make the best beer in the world. So one of the breweries, and I know any way I say this is going to sound horrible, so I'll just say it completely stereotypical. It's Taeyongang was established after a former UK brewery in Wiltshire was bought, taken apart, and shipped to Korea, which does sound like a very North Korean kind of thing to do. I like beer, of course. Surprise, right? I don't care how good this North Korean beer would be. I don't think I'd go there for a beer tour and risk getting abducted by that regime because I went on a beer tour. So let's let's let the rich beer drinkers do this. Let let them pay the consequences. Let let's have to negotiate for their freedom, and maybe they'll bring some of the beer back. Uh, of course, these you know. Rich beer drinkers, you could also then accuse them of funding North Korea, which will eventually put them on some no-fly list or whatnot. Uh, and then still on, let's see, on still on the other, where the hell's my mouse? There it is. Um, <laughs> some of the best beer in Korea, and Royce tried some of the best crab cakes in Times Square, New York City. Just ask him. What, did he go to the Applebee's in Times Square? Um... Let's see. German health official provokes beer outrage. Of course, everybody's outraged over something. Everybody's pissed off over something. So basically what happened is he was um, the chair of Germany's statutory health system. He was speaking at a debate when he questioned the inclusion of psychotherapists in Germany's healthcare system. Now, I'm not, I'm not getting into that. But he says... I, as an individual, do not regard every indisposition, such as difficulty falling asleep, as a pathologic condition that requires treatment. Sometimes the old home cure of a bottle of warm beer helps me. Uh, And then he went on to say, I'm aware there are significant interdependencies between alcohol consumption and psychological diseases, which are documented in studies. The last thing I want to do is trivialize psychological diseases or to even describe alcohol consumption as an appropriate alternative for psychotherapeutic treatment. So... He he even like kind of had a disclaimer at the end of it. He was saying, what I just said there, I'm not saying, you know, this is your cure-all. I'm saying, you know what, you know, can't sleep? Hey, you know, this works for me. I think he was he was trying to lighten the situation there, trying to, you know, give give his point of view on it, what he was thinking that certain... Certain treatments are not, or certain um, certain disorders are not necessarily pathological. Things like that. Uh, I mean, I, I'm on antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. Those guys' comments didn't bother me regarding you know psycho- psychological diseases or you know psychotherapy or whatnot. I thought I thought the comparison you know made sense there. I mean, you know, some, sometimes a bottle of beer does help you. Just you know, in, in, in hey, you know, do I want to take a Xanax? Or do I just pop a bottle of beer and see if it'll just kind of cool me down that way? You know, I don't. Then again, you know, both both are probably addictive enough, but eh, whatever. Um, 
the reactions that I saw were completely ridiculous. Just people losing their goddamn minds. The Daily Mail reported that Dieter Best, chairman of the German Association of Psychotherapists, labeled Hecken's comments as unspeakable. Really? Really? And then he also said, you trivialize and ignore the needs of our patients with your bottle of beer metaphor. Um, actually, no, he's German, so... You trivialize and ignore the needs of our patients with your bottle of beer metaphor, and you suddenly stigmatize people with severe psychiatric disorders because the goggles do nothing. So, people losing their goddamn minds over it. Um, no comments in the article, thankfully, because, I don't know, you'd think people might lose their minds in there, too, because, eh, internet comments, internet rage, of course. <sighs> and then... I got another, another little bit of outrage here. Yeah, see, like, okay, Cornex in the chat said he was making a joke. Simple as that. There you go. But people lose their goddamn minds over this stuff. He wasn't, he wasn't. <laughs> uh, Dennis just wants to hear me doing impressions. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, actually, <laughs> in this next one, maybe I, maybe I could. Um,. <laughs> Because this is this is another uh, outrage thing. This is uh, Aussie Brewer apologizes over a label of their beer. Now, I'm not going to do an Australian accent because they're not the offended parties. It's a ginger beer. So my first thought would be, oh, ginger beer? They pissed off gingers? But no, apparently they pissed off the Hindus. Because they have, let's see, uh, which one of their gods or whatever is on the label? Uh... Uh, they have juxtaposed images of Ganesh and Lakshmi. I mean, isn't that uh, the chick from Top Chef? Um, and they, let's see, the president of Universal Society of Hinduism, Rajan Zed, uh, he said that uh, the images were highly inappropriate and has thanked and commended the brewery for having an understanding for the hurt feelings of the Hindu community and for taking quick action and apologizing and announcing its redesign. It was a beer label! Oh, and this is an article on the drinks business where, of course, people were sort of losing their mind. Um, and, of course, the names in the comments kind of give away the ethnicity here. We have, we have Ashok. Uh, let's see here. I will read this verbatim. Put your god photo on this beer bottle and think and realize yourself. Then you comes to know how Hindu feel. Everyone have to maintain and manage humanism. No one here to live longer life. Everyone have different life. God family, please respect them. If you won't respect them, no problem. But don't underestimate others feeling. Yeah. And let's see. Satish says, if we are encouraging wrong steps, then one day that wrong only will kill us. And then Lakhani says, Do you dare to print Prophet Muhammad or Jesus Christ on a beer bottle? Well, I have seen uh, pseudo-religious images of, of Christ on beer bottles. Um, now, putting Muhammad on a beer bottle, that's just fucking stupid because you know, don't want to get yourself blown up. Uh, but I, I've seen other religious-type... <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, okay, Dennis. Uh, Dennis has a point there. If you're not in the chat... You can see what Dennis says. More like radio.com slash live. <laughs> oh, God. But, I mean, I, I've seen other religious type beer bottles. In fact, um, shit, what was it? The, one of the dogfish head ones that I've had recently. 
Um, <laughs> one of the one of the uh, dogfish had ones I've had uh, was it satya or something? That one, the representation on it looked Hindu to me, so I'm surprised. Oh, why don't they get offended over that? And Matt actually picks up on something beautiful here, um, because the brewer it's Brookvale Union Brewery. And as he says, it's a microbrewery. It's not being mass-produced. So all these Hindus that probably are never even going to see this bottle, never would have known about the bottle, are getting pissed off about it. It's it's like the outrage here in America, where, um, you know, say, I don't know, say a shop in... Austin, Texas does something against, I don't know, say, say against a black guy. Just just because that, you know, we see those stories a lot. Well, I don't think Al Sharpton has anything to do with Austin, Texas. I don't think the, quote, black community has anything to do, you know, well, with the exception of the black people that live in Austin, but you kind of get the sense, you get what I'm saying here. It's not something that's going to affect you, but you have all these angry liberals all in an uproar and post on the business's Yelp page. Oh my God, this is so horrible. I heard what they did, which has nothing to do with the business itself. Nothing to do with the business itself. Now, there will be one exception I'll make, and that's for Amy's Baking Company, because that's just funny as hell. But, so, I mean, like Matt said, that, that beer affects them zero especially since they're probably too busy still drinking their goddamn bootleg liquor and dying despite the headlines saying oh bootleg liquor killing people but they keep buying it because they're fucking stupid ah <sighs> okay <laughs> yeah dennis i guess i do fit in on the station now don't i <laughs> Uh, okay, let's let's see some more uh, pissed off stuff. I, I have something very inappropriate at the end of this one. Mm. But let me open my other beer before I get into that. Ugh. Now, th- this is this is going to probably split some people here. Alcohol lobbyists are pissed off at the Marijuana Policy Project. It's an ad campaign touting marijuana as safer than alcohol. Okay true i i will not debate that i you know i i think that's perfectly accurate but (laughs) oh damn it i should have said it um but um fuck where the hell was i um i'll post the image in the chat here this is the image of their campaign here for those of you that are not listening live and are listening via podcast it's a couple different kind of posters and one's a woman one's a guy the first one the woman says i prefer marijuana over alcohol because it's less harmful to my body why should i be punished the guy says i prefer marijuana over alcohol because it doesn't make me rowdy or reckless why should i be punished basically saying alcohol's worse than marijuana so why isn't marijuana legal okay sure fair point but you don't gotta bust on uh you don't gotta bust on booze for that uh from the article let's see an alcohol industry representative who did not want to be uh 
quoted, apparently. Uh, we're not against legalization of marijuana. We just don't want to be vilified in the process. We don't want alcohol to be thrown under the bus, and we're going to fight to defend our industry when we're demonized. Fair enough. And it actually, it, it seems like it seems like a douchey campaign. Um, you know, just trying to just trying to vilify booze, and they're actually t- it, it, the images are poorly put together. They just look so generic. Plus, I. I know at least the woman is a stock image from uh, Shutterstock because I found that there. So I decided I am going to compete with another campaign here because I figure it will make perfect, perfect sense here. And I know that this will probably end very badly. Okay, post this in the chat here. And it says, I prefer heroin over marijuana because it won't give me the munchies and make me fat. Why should I be punished? And then the guy says, I prefer rape over murder because, hey, at least she's still alive when I'm done, right? <sighs> so, I don't know, too much? A little bit? Possibly? I don't know. But uh, it's just it's, it's a chintzy campaign. It, go, uh, marijuana, work on your own merits. You have enough of them. You don't have to knock down alcohol to promote yourself. <sighs> Meanwhile, Red Sox in the chat agrees with the guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's still alive, right? Come on. Um, and it, kind of piggybacking on this. I mean, I, I, you know, I got kind of segues uh, going here in a way. Uh, let me close that. Close that. This was, well, it it appeared to be an alcohol commercial at the start. But it did not finish that way. So let me cue this up here. YouTube video. Basically, I'm, I'm wondering if we're entering an age where it's kind of in vogue to shit on alcohol again. So let me cue this up. And here. For six generations, the House of Taman has created an exceptionally smooth experience. It comes from carefully selected ingredients and the purest spring water. in a bottle. And you'd think this is the end of the commercial. Sorry, guys. But there's more than smoothness. In Sweden, for example, one in five children suffer because their mum or dad drinks too much. Why the hell is their kid in the bar? Eight out of ten acts of violence in public places are alcohol-related. And more than 320,000 Swedes are addicted to alcohol. No. How smooth is that? And that's why Swedes are awesome. So, it's it's at least a decently produced commercial. I understand the point of it. It's it's it tries to make the reasonable claims. I, mean, I think this one was more well done than the that pot ad. But eh, you know, no accounting for taste, I suppose. Um, oh, okay. Jackie B in the chat says uh, Swedish people are also Vikings. Enough said. So I think I think that's a good reasoning right there. Uh, oh, I have so many stories that I want to get to. So I got I got I got to pick and choose here. Pick and choose the good ones. Pick and choose the timely ones. Um, oh, you know what? Uh, well, I got my browser open. Let me uh, let me hit another video here and try not to blow out. Uh, Dennis's eardrums, even though I probably will anyway. 
People will do just about anything, from brines to seasonings to marinades, to make sure their Thanksgiving turkeys are as juicy and flavorful as possible. But Boston turkey farmer Joe Moret takes it a step further. He starts pre- speaking of uh, juicy looking. Logan Tittle is looking uh, rather juicy. Yes. No. What? Huh? Preparing his birds for maximum deliciousness while they're still alive by giving them beer. Moret insists the beer he serves his turkeys makes them fatter, juicier, and tastier than usual. Moret mm. has been raising tipsy turkeys since 1993, but getting his birds on the sauce actually started as an accident. It started by accident when a turkey knocked over a can and started sipping. When Joe cooked him up for Thanksgiving, he noticed a fatter, more flavorful bird. <laughs> That's so funny. When he made the discovery, Moret was so happy with the difference in taste, he went as far as to stop giving his flock water. He says it's not a strong gamey flavor. It's a nice turkey flavor. Sure, the turkey's choice of beverage might sound a little questionable, but animal advocates say there's nothing wrong with Morat's method. A poultry expert with the University of New Hampshire says it's unlikely the turkeys are suffering, and that it would take a lot for the beer to have the same effect on them as it does on people. The hops could even be good for the birds' intestinal tracts. So, what kind of brewskis do the turkeys prefer? Morat says he started with cores, but later switched to lager and has stuck with it ever since. For Newsy, I'm Logan Tittle. So I mean, come on! I I think I think you know that's the least you can do for a turkey before you eat them for Thanksgiving. Feed the turkey beer. Come on! I mean, it's certainly easier getting the beer into the bird that way than uh, what is it the 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 beer can turkey recipes or whatever. I don't know. I've never I've never deep fried a turkey. I've never well, actually now that I think about it, I've never actually even uh, made a turkey myself, so I can't really speak to that. But I don't know. I, I I would love to eat a turkey that has only been uh, only been fed beer. Well, not only been fed beer, but well, whatever. Um, let me see. Just see if there's anything else in this other article I had. Uh, they, oh, okay, they find the gravy is much darker and much tastier. Okay, okay. Uh, the bird overall is a slightly different taste that's very appealing. Of course. You knew there was going to be somebody complaining about it. Um, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to... Oh, wait, tittle. <laughs> uh, I'm going to um, ask people in the chat. People in the chat! I know there might be a bit of a delay, so I will I will delay slightly here. People in the chat, I have a question for you. Now, you uh, heard in that in that uh, piece that you know there were people saying, you know, it's not bad for the turkeys, it's, it's good for them, and it might actually be good for their intestinal tracts, blah, 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 blah. Take a guess as to who is pissy about this and thinks that it's awful, 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 awful. So like I said, the poultry expert with the University of New Hampshire said, there's a poultry expert? The hell? Said it's unlikely the birds are suffering. But somebody said that it is bad, 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 bad. Oh, you're, you're, okay, Jackie B's got it. Dennis was close. It is not the ASPC gay, but yes, it is. PETA, PETA is whining about this, saying turkey shouldn't be fed beer, and that farmers across the country use questionable practices. Wow, sounds like the slow loris to keep costs down or to alter the taste of animals' flesh because their priority is profit, not the animals' welfare. Well, fuck you. I happen to think that if you're feeding, a t- if you're going to eat the turkey anyway, 
if you're feeding it beer, I think it's living a much better life than it would have beforehand. Those turkeys in that news piece looked damn happy. Um, let's see what else we got here. Kathy Brock, National Director of Humane Heartland, oversees the treatment of farm animals, said that standards from the American Humane Society don't prohibit serving beer to animals. Uh, yep, hops beneficial for the intestinal tract. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay, how about this? Moret's turkeys are not the first animals to consume alcohol there. Uh, Japanese farmers have been said to feed cattle beer to stimulate their appetites, and a winemaker and farmer in the south of France have experimented with feeding cows the remainders of pressed grapes to produce meat they've dubbed vin bovine, which I think that sounds brilliant. I mean, better feeding them pressed grapes than, I guess, you know, I don't know, say trying to feed them hamburgers or something. Just be wrong. Um... I don't know if I'm... I, I, I could swear a black Kevin broke out once. Once. But I'm not 100% sure. I may have to scour through my shows, add that to a best of. Um, okay, let me see. So I got that, got that, got that, got that, got that, got that. Okay, um, well, I don't think Mitch is here, because he, he, would, he would love this one. Uh, apparently this happened last year at some point, but... Let me see if I can find the damn article now. Um, here we go. But I suppose it did not actually get discovered or something like that until this year. And son of a bitch. Is Chrome being a dick? Hold on a second. Yeah. Let me see if I can get this link back out. And... And go. I don't know why one tab decides to freeze itself up. Here we go. Union City man steals tractor trailer filled with $38,000 worth of Guinness beer. Yes, Union City, New Jersey. New Jersey man is accused of stealing a tractor trailer filled with $38,000 worth of Guinness beer from Williams Township last year. Uh, The tractor trailer went missing at 11 p.m. June 22nd, 2012. Uh, uh, the beer, let's see, uh, Shani owner, uh, Shani transport owner, Balver Singh, uh, Balver Singh, uh, reported the truck missing the next day. Um, uh, if it was a black name, I would have made it sound black. Come on. Uh, the beer was found June 23rd, 2012 in a warehouse in Saddlebrook, New Jersey, and the truck and trailer were found in Passaic, New Jersey the following day, police said. Uh, okay, I guess the investigation is finally getting wrapped. Um, actually, no, it, it's weird. The article, the article is this year, but I don't know why all this stuff is suddenly coming out now. Mm. Um, let's see. Saddlebook Police Department investigation into the beer led the arrest of several people, including Horatio Lorena Martinez. He allegedly admitted to Saddlebrook Police that he drove to Pennsylvania, broke into the tractor trailer, hot-wired the truck, records indicate... Uh, Drove the truck on Interstate 78. Oh, okay. So, I'm sorry. He stole it from Pennsylvania, but he lives in New Jersey. Got it. Um, Drove the truck on 78, Interstate 280, then to the warehouse in Saddlebrook where the beer was unloaded. Uh, Charged with receiving stolen property and fencing of the load of beer by police in New Jersey. Oh, come on. Why would you fence it? Save that to drink. Come on. $38,000. I mean, I... You know, I, I've read stories before where, you know, somebody steals a truck of cores or whatever. No, no, no. $38,000 worth of Guinness. That's a good haul. That's a that's an awesome haul. 
It's a shame this guy got caught. Um, of, of course, the comments are awful on here. He must have been real thirsty. <laughs> and it's not he must have been real thirsty. They said he must have been real thirsty. Nice education system, Jersey. Uh, pints are on him, I guess. <laughs> uh, he didn't have enough time to destroy the evidence, but I'm sure there were volunteers. <laughs> um, well, okay, this one's a little bit better. I don't usually steal tractor trailers full of beer, but when I do, I only steal those filled with Guinness. Okay, I'll leave it with that one. Um... I guess this is the last bit I will hit before break because I got some other stuff that kind of lasts a little bit longer. Uh, California man goes for Brewer World Record. I believe, uh, yep, I got an image here. You're going to see, like, how many taps this dude has. Wait, did I I have another impression there? (laughs) Wow, did I I even not notice that I was... Oh, Jesus Christ. Goddamn bit strips! <sighs> that is a lot of taps behind this guy. So, uh, Alfred Lee, he brews all 110 beers at his Auburn pubs in uh, California. And he is trying to set a world record as a microbrewer. Now, the record is most handcrafted, get ready for this, most handcrafted microbrewed beers brewed on premises by a single master brewer and served on tap. Guinness says no one's ever attempted this record before. And, you know, kind of cool um, that this guy, he's um, in the process of verifying his application for Guinness. Um... Let's see. There is a record for most varieties of beer commercially available. It's 2004 at Delirium Cafe in Belgium. Uh, they tap uh, the taps line multiple bars on three levels. Hefty number of brews are available bottle only, but this guy has everything on tap. So um, he's not revealing how he was actually able to do it. Um, let's see trying to see there was a piece in the article where he mentions like you know there there are breweries that can only like pull out five different beers themselves um let's see the only uh basically he's he's keeping the brewing process secret until he actually gets the record which may happen within the next few months um He's going to start doing growlers soon. He's going to start doing bottling, all sorts of stuff. But, okay. It's cool. You know, it's, it's a record and whatever. It's, you know, it's, it's a pretty big feat there for one guy. But when I was younger, I remember this was probably, I want to say late 80s, early 90s. I loved getting the yearly Guinness Book of World Records. Just the paperback, that like, you know, thick, thick paperback thing. And I, you know, I, I always thought there was, you know, it was cool stuff in there, and it, it, they were pretty simple records, you know, basic stuff: tallest man or woman, longest nails, longest hair, um, you know, longest breath held, you know, um, farthest distance swum, you know, stuff like, you know, stuff like that. Swum is that is that past tense? I don't know. Um, um, wax well, and let's see. It, well, I know in this this picture, that's actually not all his taps. Cause he, that's just like one side of the thing. Um, 
Because he definitely, yeah, they definitely say he has, um, yeah, 110 taps with 110 beers. So, I don't know, this, this dude's insane. Uh, let's see if there are any other pictures of the stuff. I guess the dude's like a wedding planner and stuff, too. I don't know how this guy's able to do it. There's got to be some weird trick to it. But anyway, I, I remember the records back then being simple. They weren't like, I mean, okay, how many words in this? Right? Like I said, most handcraft, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. A 16-word record. You have to describe this record in 16 words. Is it the age of the internet that's resulted in all these convoluted, manufactured records that pretty much take an entire paragraph to explain? I mean, you see, you see all this ridiculous stuff. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of you know anything we've seen on um, on TV, but you know, th- th- think of something like they might do, you know, like as a special on Fox, like he's trying to set the world record for jumping over seven school buses. That are that are staggered diagonally, while he's driving a truck that's playing Leonard Skinnerd, and and the the hood ornament is on fire, you know, stuff like that. That's that's the way the records seem to have gone nowadays. So, this is cool, but eh, I don't I don't uh, I don't I don't I don't see. Uh, oh, I'm supposed to have an. Uh, you know what? I don't think I can have an Asian record. Or, uh, uh, Asian accent for this guy because believe it or not he's actually Cuban <laughs> sorry guys and I can't do a Cuban accent especially um, not not if I want to keep my job <laughs> um, oh, Jackie B has a good point soon there will be a world record for a world record with the longest name wouldn't surprise me would not surprise me one bit uh, so with that I think I'll start getting my uh, break ready to go here um Coming up after the break, I have any number of different things that I could really get into, which I may or may not. Um, the one thing I think I'm probably definitely going to cover because this this is a this is a big one. I thought it was I thought it was a neat article from NPR. It has to do with craft brewers getting more into using local ingredients and not just trying to get local hops local, you know, local strawberries for the strawberry wheat and stuff like that. It's something that chefs call a taste of place or uh, terror. Um, Chefs and winemakers ordinarily do it. Um, So I'm going to try and get into that. Uh, Let's see. The Alchemist Brewery, they're closing their retail operation. Uh, Let's see. Actually, they, you know what, uh, last Friday they had to close it off and, well... It's more. It's more ridiculous, faux outrage kind of stuff. Um, let's see. Anything else I got? Eh. A couple other random things that I might get to, and of course, new beer releases and reveals. And um, there's actually one thing that's not necessarily a beer, but got mentioned in the chat earlier. It's a uh, cigar. Why would I be talking about a cigar on the show? Well, you will find out after the break here on Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. I'll be back after this. Alcohol by Volume, Kevin Show. It's the name of the show. More Like Radio, less like crap. Listen to Unsigned Hype every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on morelikeradio.com. It's hosted by Sir Darkside, a.k.a. at Darkside Rules on Twitter. 
check out the show for dope interviews, exclusive releases from artists such as Brother Ali, Mally, Kelly Mays, Lex Leosis, MOA, and Aesop Rock. It doesn't get better than this every Tuesday night on MoreLikeRadio.com. It's the unsigned hype. Unsigned hype. Wednesday night at 11 p.m., tune into More Like Radio for two hours of wrestling talk on Markout Radio with Dark Fox and Friends. Fistful of assholes! Excuse me? Fistful of assholes? Really? You want me to say that? Just do the bit. <sighs> All right, you're such a diva now that you have your own show with guest host Punchy, Greenway, and whoever else shows up on Skype. Or in Fox's creepy basement studio. The smell of cum and beer doesn't make it creepy. Maybe not, but the fleshlight does. Listen, I have a healthy sexual appetite. Thank you very much. What are the anal beads for? Can you just do the bit? Ugh, fine. Jesus, and you wonder why people get Marianne to do the audio bits. Markout Radio live every Wednesday night from 11 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. This is it, the Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp. Something. Something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden, okay? <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you <laughs> relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh, my God. God, what are you I meant I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I, I hope you end your life. Now, <laughs> get <off the> mic- <laughs> now get off the microphone while I talk to my pal. Hey, you. Yes, you guessed 10,542,000. Change your username. And while you're in the More Like Radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. It's right there on the right, stupid. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio, Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on MoreLikeRadio.com. Are you a fan of comics? What about obscure movies and TV shows? Well then, you are in luck because every Friday at Nerd Hour is here to talk about those completely and utterly awesome things. So join Punchy, Ariel, and now Cornax as we talk the things that people claim prevent you from getting laid, but are balls anyway. The Nerd Hour, every Friday night from 11pm to 1am only on More Like Radio. Spoon! Recently on The Conti and Kenny Show. 
up. Ah, you kidding? And I'm watching. They also put on the thing that Honey Boo Boo's like the whole computer just froze up. Oh really? Too much shit on here. Um, that's basically what she said. She's like, "Hey, Marquis, what's going on? I'll come back for round two. And the guy was like, uh, "He basically was like, you need to be quiet." And then asked her for her ID, and her ID was in her car. So he told us she was banned from the mall for not having an ID. It's like, really, dude? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, uh, the Adobe plugin has crashed. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Everything just went right in the toilet. Holy shit. I got to. That's the Flight 800 of Adobe players. <laughs> I gotta do the uh, <laughs> the flight eight hundred of the Adobe player. The Conti and Kenny show, talking bollocks for fuck knows how many years. Join Marianne and Kitty on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard, and their life is better than yours. Damn right. It's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to charge. Daytime Divas, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on morelikeradio.com. High Society Radio is now part of morelikeradio.com. Who's all part of the More Like, the, uh, more like Radio cavalcade of stars? Oh, who, who are you joining there? Oh, well, Hippo Juice, they're the, the soul behind More right. Like Radio. And we're we're jumping on there, high side radio. That is. What other what other kind of shows are over there though? Oh, there, there's there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster that's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's Ain't Social Gamer Radio. There's the Red Show. There's Daytime Divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No. You're fucking with... A family. Yeah, a real family. A family of gangsters. Take the edge off. MoreLikeRadio.com It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Hey, this is Will from Tattoos and Touchdowns. And Espo, as always. Check us out every Sunday from 10 a.m. to noon exclusively on MoreLikeRadio.com. If you're ready for pro wrestling like it's never been seen before, pro wrestling meant for an adult audience, and pro wrestling where nobody says brother or tells you you can't see them, check out Combat Zone Wrestling, the most innovative, high-flying, hard-hitting, ultra-violent promotion on the planet today. Combat Zone Wrestling. Visit us at www.czwrestling.com. The Elvis and Alfred Show. Thursdays, morelikeradio.com, 5 to 7. I'm Elvis Cage. I'm Alfred. I'm Jameson. And on the phone? It's Bill. I'm phoning in. Oh, he's phoning it in. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Halfpenny Pub in Sayville. That's right. Punk rock music, independent music, and all the rest of the things that we speak about. Crazy party stuff. Yeah. Here on morelikeradio.com. And elvisandalfred.com, 24-7. Yeah! The Elvis and Alfred Show. Hi, this is Marianne from Lust and Love. Recently, we decided the show needed more dicks, so we found the manliest man we knew to fill the spot, Dark Fox.
I know this is weird, but my boyfriend broke up with me because my dick is too short. He praised me about my skills and all, but this is a really good reason for a breakup? Because it's really hurting me until now. I can't seem to forget all the memories we had together. I know this can't be the reason, or maybe because he met another guy. I really cannot get over him because once he told me, I love your dick, whilst he was stroking it. That's the reason I will never let go. Lust in love, now gayer than ever. And that's saying a lot considering we used to have Hammy on the show. Join us Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. A tub of blood up stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. Morelikeradio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. Somebody comes up to you and says, I think you might be depressed. Clinically, you should say thank you. Thank you very much, because that means I'm awake. <laughs> Is there any reason we shouldn't be depressed? Question, you living on the same fucking planet as me, asshole? Do you ever think that depression might be the reasonable human response to the bullshit we're going through as a species, and it's meant to propel us into the next evolutionary step, or at least to the next step of social change? Do you ever think that? Fuckhead? Do you ever think that maybe it's the people that are happy all the time that are really fucked up in the head? Do you ever think that, asshole? Maybe they're the ones that need pills. You know, these guys. Hey, how's it going? I don't know. I feel great again. Well, that's creepy and weird, man. Maybe you should be on medication. Clearly, you're self-centered, narcissistic, borderline. I don't fucking know. But could you move along? You're draining me with your happy. I'm doing the big work. Move along. Hour number two of Alcohol by Volume here on More Like Radio. If you want to Skype in, the Skype name is Alcohol by Volume, all one word. And uh, I haven't memorized the number yet. I have it down here somewhere. Uh, 862-345-7125. Or uh, if you're like me and can't remember shit, it's 862-ALCOHOL, because that's easy enough to remember, right? So, where was I... Before I started uh, moving stuff around all over the damn place. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, of course, I'm already lost. What the hell am I doing? Uh, <laughs> wait. Uh-oh. I'm scared now. Shit. Uh, <clears throat> God damn it. I... I, I, I get myself so lost so easily on this desk. I need a proper studio. See, Hammy. Hammy has a studio. Hammy has an awesome studio. Um, I'm going to find what I'm looking for here. I'm going to find it. I swear I am. Okay. I think this is what I was going for. Chicago Brewers' new beer company exclusively employs American veterans. So this is you know kind of relevant since... Uh, last week was Veterans Day here in the U.S. I got this from the well, Huffington Post, so not everybody's perfect, I guess. Paul Jenkins, he founded the Veterans Brewing Company, and it's completely veteran-owned, obviously, by him. Uh, he retired from the Navy in 95, and then it's 100% veteran-staffed, which means the brewers, the truck drivers, the executive staff, and the sales staff, so that's pretty cool. Uh, the company debuted last week, again, on uh, Veterans Day. So, 
with two different beers, Amber Lager and the Blonde Bomber Blonde Ale. They only got local distribution at present uh, in Illinois and Indiana. He's hoping to go national before long. Honestly, I I think it's a great concept, especially given the lip service paid to our vets, particularly by a lot of big business and government asshole types. Um, I know there were some quotes from Jenkins in the article here. Um, <clears throat> he says, I'm a disabled veteran myself. We have a number of disabled veterans. I think each of us views the problem of veteran and disabled veteran unemployment at a very personal level. We recognize as there is a single veteran who can't find a job, we are in effect leaving someone behind. So we have a vehicle. I want people to know where their next job is. As we grow, we'll be growing with veterans being hired from all walks of life. And like I said before, if you don't want to be a, if you, you know, if you're not a brewer for it, okay, fine. Well, you could be a truck driver. You could be executive staff. You could be sales staff. This guy will most likely have some sort of job for you. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Do, do, do. Uh, over the summer, Jenkins called the disconnect between public supportive veterans and actual hires oppressive in a company blog post. Kind of what I was saying there. Never had the veteran brand been more popular. American big businesses recognized it and were cashing in on it. Trouble is they're making money on the backs of veterans, even as veterans are breaking their backs simply trying to find employment. So yeah, businesses will say, oh, we love veterans. Ooh, 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 we're going to help. Oh, we're not going to hire you though. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But this guy's actually doing something with it, so... Eh, you know, I I think it's noble. I will I will raise my beer to him. I think it's a great idea. Um. Oh, Mitch is here. He was listening, but he was driving. Um. And yep, see, Mitch is a veteran. I I'd hire Mitch, but but then again, I know Mitch has a fantastic skill set too. So, um, what was I doing next? Going in the chat here. Um. Well, you know what? And you know, Punch, Punchy has a Punchy has a has a question that I, I think it may be relevant to some of my listeners, and you know, you may want to post it on the Friends of MLR Facebook page if um, if something like this would work for you. <clears throat> he is um, thinking, thinking possibly of um, shifting the location of his show, The Nerd Hour, or one of his many shows, actually. Um, thinking about Saturday nights, possibly. So, uh, if you're on the Friends of MLR Facebook page, and if you're not, you should join there. Um, you know, chime in there. See, you know, uh, say yay or nay on that. Of course, you know, Punchy has to figure out what his work schedule is going to be like, but it's a possibility. Just thought I'd uh, throw that at you guys. Um, so, let's see. Vermont beers fans are trouble for neighbors. This is with the Alchemist Brewery. Now, I don't believe I've ever had anything from the Alchemist, but I believe they're very, very small scale. In fact, yeah, uh, reputation exceeds production levels. They have one very, 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 very popular beer. If you follow a lot of the different craft beers, you're probably familiar with the name, at least in passing. It's called Hetty Topper. Ranked number one by Beer Advocate out of the top 250 beers in the world. Um, that's actually the source of the problem. They're, the Alchemist, they closed uh, the retail part of their brewery on November 15th because of complaints from neighbors. What it basically is, Hetty Topper would be so popular that people would be lining up at the retail site to, you know, see if they can get it. Um, 
basically, let me see if the article goes into detail with that. Uh, the hoppy concoction is so popular, sales have grown from 30 barrels a week to 180 a week in the two years since the brewery opened on the outskirts of Waterbury. Uh, had to close retail operation on November 15th to appease nearby residents. We've had complaints from neighbors. We would have had to fight to keep on going. We decided to close down before it turns into a large legal battle. Some of the complaints I get. Some of them I understand. One of them they said here, um, uh, beer lovers can be more boisterous than considerate at times. The driveway, uh, and these are, uh, let's see, neighbors, um, uh, the driveway at the Kimmich's business with one of the owners is easy to miss. And there was a one half hour period last summer when one of the neighbors, Amy Kinsell, who owns the house next door to the brewery, 26 different people turned around in her driveway. Okay. Yeah, that may be inconvenient, but it, it can happen. Now, um, this, well, she did something kind of cunty that resulted in this. She parked the vehicle across the entrance to her driveway to slow that traffic down. This is where people started turning into dicks. Um, <laughs> they turned around on her grass. <laughs> Whoops. So, uh, okay, that, that I can understand. You know, people being assholes with that. But, of course, she also had more cunty complaining. There were the smoke and the odors from the brewery's operations and the noise from the refrigerated trucks in its backyard. I'm not a beer drinker, not a fan of any beer. So you got to ruin it for everybody else. I understand you don't want people to turn around your driveway. You don't want people to turn around your grass. Fine. You know what? The brewery could make it a lot more clearly marked as to where the driveway is. That is a simple, simple, simple thing to do. And then they're not going to be or they're not going to be turning around or very a lot less people are going to be turning around. But you're complaining about the smoke and the odors from the brewery's operation and the noise from the refrigerated trucks. Well, you know what? I'm assuming that this building that you are living next to did not just suddenly pop up. It was probably there when you moved in. Therefore, you probably had an expectation that some sort of business, factory, venture kind of thing was going to be occurring in this building next to you, right? Possibly? Possibly? But I don't know. Now, Dennis, that's, eh, that's kind of the same impression as the last one. That was, that was kind of a slow Loris ripoff. Um... Let's see. Uh, Yeah, she's just complaining. I'm not a beer drinker. I'm not a fan of any beer. See, it's kind of like the slow Loris. Or, well, or or more appropriately, it's kind of like Droopy Dog. I don't like you. You So, they're having to move their retail operation somewhere else. They're still in the process of trying to figure that out. Uh, Kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer. But, it is what it is. Um... Let's see here. Um, this is the the big one that can probably carry me practically till the end of the show, honestly. Craft brewers embracing a taste of place. Now, it sounds kind of hoity-toity and everything. And initially when I saw the article, I thought, this is going to be one of those, you know, oh, eccentric, you know, oh, trying to do all this fancy shit with 
beer and you know stuff that nobody's going to want but uh it seemed it seemed to kind of go a little bit more than that now it's not unheard of craft brewers using local ingredients like i said you'll have um you know, for instance a michigan brewer may use michigan cherries for a cherry wheat you know specifically that kind of thing you know um you know you may have you know uh a brewery in upstate New York that is using locally grown hops, things like that. But these brewers are kind of going a little bit deeper. Well, actually, in some cases, a lot deeper with it. So it's creating a taste of place, which is called terror. Um, terror. I don't know. It looks like a French word here. T-E-R-R-O-I-R. And chefs do it. Winemakers do it. Some examples of this in practice with these beers. This past summer, brewers around Washington, D.C., they had a tasting event called Foraged Cask. They showcased beers using ingredients grown locally in the Washington, D.C. area, like mint, uh, mulberries, lavender, stuff like that. Stuff that traditionally you may not necessarily find in beer, but you may be able to find a place for it in certain brews. Chris Haas, head brewer at Salt Lake City's Desert Edge Brewery, he actually forages for wild-growing hops in the mountain um, in the like mountains uh, near Salt Lake City toward the end of each summer to use in their beer. So he's getting the wild hops there. Full Steam Brewery in Durham, North Carolina. They feature wild ingredients from local farms, such as hickory smoked barley, sweet potatoes, corn grits, figs from neighborhood trees. I mean, how much, how would you love that? I mean, you know, walk down the street, pluck a fig off a tree. Oh, yeah, I'll use this in a beer today. Um, pawpaw fruits, and wild American persimmons. So, um, another one here. Uncommon Brewers, Santa Cruz, California. This actually sounds very interesting. They make an ale using maple-scented candy cat mushrooms. I was not familiar with these before. But it's called Rubidus Red. And they also experiment with redwood branches in their brew. Uh, owner Alex Stefanski... Stefanski? Yep, Stefanski. Uh... He uses these wild ingredients, quote, to make flavors that are uniquely Northern Californian. So there's that taste of place going on there. He collects the mushrooms for the Rubidus Red himself every fall and winter. Said the maple syrup aroma is actually so potent, a single cup works for several barrels of the beer. So I'm not a a mushroom person, but I'd be very curious to, to catch a whiff of that. Um, he claims that after two or three pints of it, the drinker will also take on the aroma of a mushroom, which means they will smell like maple syrup. And who doesn't enjoy the smell of maple syrup? Uh, actually, yeah, maybe we can find some of these mushrooms. I'll, uh, eat them before, uh, about, a, uh, before a, uh, evening of brain stew and then, uh, Hammy Studio will smell like maple syrup. It'd be delicious. It's ultimately a nod to the past to how beers used to be made and flavored think about you know like how um you know beer was safer because the drinking water was not necessarily as safe but sometimes the brewing methods were crude you weren't necessarily getting the best taste out of things so you wanted to add stuff to it i mean now now it becomes a little bit more eccentric saying you know you know what can we do to make this different back then it was kind of what can we do to make this drinkable but um ingredients are added for medicinal qualities um, and again, that was another, you know, another thing that would have been done back when the drinking water was not necessarily the safest thing. Now, 
you have to assume one would have the skill and knowledge to know what to forage safely, in addition to knowing what flavors would actually be imparted for wild ingredients. I mean, I'm, you know, not going to pick up some random leaf and say, hmm, this might go good in a brew. You have to have some sort of... Um, trying to think of the uh, some some sort of botanical knowledge with stuff like that um, <clears throat> ooh, need a drink here it, it's nothing I could do without heavy research I mean I'd end up poisoning myself pretty quickly honestly I would have loved to have gotten fresh rhubarb from my parents garden to make like a rhubarb beer or something like that um, I don't think they even have it growing anymore, honestly. What the hell? I'm like hearing music coming from right next. I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, but I don't think they're growing the fresh rhubarb anymore. They grew it for years and years making pies and everything. Uh, but it, technically, if I wanted to be purely, you know, taste a place with that, I don't think that would necessarily even count because it wouldn't be locally grown anymore if I took it back to Jersey. Um, there was actually a commenter in the article, like I said, this was, um, uh, a feature on NPR called the salt, what's on your plate. Um, <clears throat> let's see, commenter Russ Cohen, he said, while I've been foraging and teaching foraging for over four decades, I've not tried to brew my own beer using wild ingredients or otherwise because I do not like beer, at least the standard varieties. But last year I got a chance to taste a home brewed ale made with Japanese knotweed and I actually liked it. As Japanese knotweed is an invasive species, it offers a guilt-free foraging opportunity. You can't harvest too much of it. There are also many other edible invasive species, weeds, and common native species that could prove to be excellent beer fodder. So, you know, foraging for this stuff, you're actually helping the environment away. You're, you know, thinning out the herd of some of these invasive species. Um, <clears throat> that said, as noted by another commenter, there are native plants out there whose populations and or habitats could be easily harmed by overcollecting, so I would encourage anyone considering using these to bear this in mind. Yeah. Know what you're doing before you go out there. You don't want to, you know, accidentally grab the last sample of some endangered mushroom species. That would that would be really embarrassing. Um, sure, you may collect responsibly, but others following your lead may not. Last but not least, I urge caution in which wild plants you use. As there are some potentially hazardous species out there, I thought this was kind of interesting. For example, the wild ginger appearing in the photo accompanying this article is known to contain uh, aristolochic acid, a probable human carcinogen. Well, what isn't a human carcinogen these days? Come on. Um, So I thought that I thought that was a pretty neat. Well, actually, you know what? I guess that I guess that didn't carry me as far as I thought it would. I thought I had more from that. I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, everybody's talking movies in the chat. Ah, you know, it's tangents, tangents, tangents. Uh, okay, so I did that. Did the turkeys. Um, okay, this one's fun because it's a list. And um, I'm going to skip the UK-only beers in this list. Um, and there's a there's a couple reasons for it. First of all, I don't know how many UK listeners I have, and it's probably not a good percentage. Uh, but this is the top 10 most fattening beers. A.K.A. Kevin's only drinking these when he has a huge surplus of calories on the day. Now, the U.K.-only beers, they didn't look that high-calorie in comparison to the U.S. ones. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh, so let me start up on this. Um, doo, 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 that is a U.K. one. That is a U.K. one. Speaking speaking of U.K. beers, I'm still waiting to see that Wells um, 
uh, what was it? It was the, um, fuck, sticky toffee pudding or something like that. Um, I, I think that's what it was. I, no, I haven't seen it yet. I, I hope, hope, hope we get that because it would, uh, they do so well with the banana bread beer. It, a, a toffee pudding one would be fantastic. Anyway, uh, first one in the U.S. beers we got here. We got Flying Dog Horn Dog, their barley wine style ale. I know I've had this one before. It's been a long ass time though. So, um, oh, you know what? I I actually did not know this one. Um, Maryland based brewers Flying Dog. I knew that started out as a brew pub in Aspen in 1990, opening a full fledged Denver brewery in 1994. Let's see, I, even I learned things on this show. So Horn Dog, it's a barley wine ale, aged for a minimum of three months before being packaged. Uh, the brewer says, like a fine wine, this beer will only get better with age when stored at optimum conditions. Now, high alcohol content on this one, 10.2%, which means this beer, this 12-ounce bottle, 314 calories. That's that's pretty, pretty hefty for a 12-ounce bottle, in my opinion, so... Uh, pretty much any of the barley wines you're probably going to want to stay away from if you're really, really looking at calories or you, you're going to want to drink it sparingly. Uh, another one I see quite frequently and one that I actually do enjoy, uh, it's from Brooklyn Brewery. They're black chocolate stout. Again, high alcohol content. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a stout. 10%, so it's 320 calories a bottle. It's um it's a seasonal, so you don't have to worry about it all year necessarily. Um, let's see. This one actually surprised me a little bit, only because I forgot that it was that high alcohol because I've ha- I had this one a long time ago. Sam Adams Imperial White, uh, specialty brew with ingredients including orange and lemon peel, dried plum, grains of paradise, coriander, anise, hibiscus, rose hips, tamarind, vanilla, blah blah, you know. 10.3%, 328 calories per bottle. Uh, I think these ones, I believe, I think these ones are sold in four packs, not six packs. So that's still four times 12. You're looking at about 1300 calories, a little more than 1300 calories for an entire four pack. Not, not, eh, not exactly good for the waistline. Um, oh, Jackie B is a UK listener. Okay. So you know what? I, I feel okay about that. You know what? Let me actually, let me see if um, let me jump back to. I'll give you I'll give you comparisons here. That way you can kind of see like the caloric differences here. The first one they had in this list was um, let's see, I, and I think this I think this one's uh, is this one UK? Actually, this uh, I don't know if this one's UK, but uh, this one was uh, Carlsberg Elephant Beer, seven point two percent. I'm sorry, this is uh, Denmark, so not uh, not UK, but Europe. You know, I don't know. We're we're in the U.S. Every everywhere else is just uh, Europe. Uh, uh. Uh, so seven point two percent. This one, three hundred thirty milliliter bottle. Which um, let me do some quick math here. Three hundred thirty milliliter two ounces. That is well, it's about eh, a little over an eleven ounce bottle. A little over an eleven ounce bottle. So you're you know you're looking you're you're close to our twelve ounce bottles. Two hundred sixteen calories on that. It's not horrible, but it's not great either. Um, this one, uh, let's see, Green King, their very special IPA, 7.5%. Uh, it was created to Britain's rich cultural association with India. Um, beer 
has 225 calories per bottle. So again, not horrible, not horrible. Um, cause like I said, the, the U S ones that I was grabbing at here, those were, those were, um, you know, hitting in, in, in 300 calories easily. This one's actually, let's see, a Cornish brewer, um, uh, sharps and it is the honey spice triple. This one, now we're getting into the higher alcohol, 10%, but it's still only 300 calories a bottle. So it's, it's just, it's just hitting that 300 mark, just hitting that 300 mark. Uh, damn it, Dennis. I just went back to the chat and ugh. boo to your joke. Okay. Uh, let's see. Got that Sam Adams. Okay, this one. Here, see, here's another one I like, but it, again, it's a barley wine. Uh, Bigfoot barley wine style ale from Sierra Nevada. This one's 9.6% and 330 calories a bottle. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. I don't know if I don't know if they're trying to joke around here or not. They're saying um, at 330 calories, a drinker is probably not watching the weight, so the recommended food pairing of either bread pudding or pungent blue cheese is not a problem. They, I don't know. That could actually be a pairing for that. I don't know. Um, this this is one. Of course, this is one that people crave. Dogfish Head's 120 minute IPA. This one, 12 ounce bottle, and these these ones are expensive too. If you can even find them. Um, 18% on this one and 450 calories for a 12 ounce bottle. The brewer says the beer is more whiskey than wine, which given that alcohol content, you're, you're, you're getting up there. Um, let's see. Uh, this one from, um, uh, well, here's a Scottish one, but I've talked about brew dog before. Uh, this is brew dogs, Tokyo. Which I know I've had the opportunity to buy, but just haven't because I can't bring myself to spend like fifteen bucks on a twelve ounce bottle of beer. Uh so Brewdog's Tokyo Oak Aged Imperial Stout, eighteen point two percent, and this one's five hundred and forty six calories in a bottle. Compare that. Let's see what the last one that was eighteen percent, only four hundred fifty calories. That's practically a diet IPA right there. Oh yeah. Oy, oy, oy. So, I mean, you, you can you can see the correlation between the alcohol level and the calories. Um, and then, it, I don't even count this one necessarily, because I, um, I I talked about this once before. Brewmeister Snake Venom, supposedly the world's strongest beer now. Uh, 67.5%, uh, but it has to, you know, it still has to really be tested and everything, because the last one Brewmeister did, independently tested didn't show up nearly where they were reporting it to be but um the article says a 275 milliliter bottle costs 50 pounds and contains get this 2025 calories which you kind of have to expect i mean for instance you know look look at a bottle of vodka you take a shot of vodka which is um what's what's an average shot one and a half two ounces i think um i don't have a jigger here to measure it waiting for dennis on that one um but a shot of vodka is what like maybe 150 calories something like that how many shots in a bottle and then it adds up you know things like that um glass of wine glass of wine 110 calories 
Wine, probably. Well, probably if, if you just want to get tanked, wine might be a safer, quicker bet for you than uh, than uh, the hard liquor in terms of like calories and everything. I don't know though. I'll have to do experiments on that at one point. You know, see, okay, uh, you know, do actually. You know what? That that <laughs> I was kind of joking there, but that actually might not be a bad experiment at some point. You know, take say approximately 500 calories of beer, drink it, and it, you know, if I had a breathalyzer, see my you know blood alcohol content. Then try approximately 500 calories of some sort of spirit like you know vodka absinthe whiskey whatever and you know and th- these would be you know during separate periods hey i could do a whole series of youtube videos for this if i get a breathalyzer i, I think this is a great idea actually now um and again you know test that um and i can even just you know say you know how drunk i feel and then try and do the same thing with wine and you know 500 so calories, whatever of wine and see where I get from that. You know, that, I don't know if you guys, if you guys would find that interesting with the son of a bitch, Dennis, seriously, like is, is a, is a regular shot. Is it, is it one, one and a half or two? I watch enough bar rescue. You think I'd know this, but half the time I'm just drinking from the bottle anyway. So I never know, but, um, I don't even think I have a shot glass near me anyway. Um, but no, if, if anybody interested in videos like that, it might be interesting health-wise. Anyway, just kind of figuring, okay, what's what's the what's the you know best calorie bang for your buck when it comes to drinking? I don't know. It's a thought. It's a thought. So that I think that was all the the fattening beers. Um, I'm almost positive I had something else, but maybe I didn't, which means maybe I wasn't as overprepped as I thought I was. So I'm I'm kind of surprised by myself. Okay, not that, not that, not that. Okay, <sighs> let me do this. This is one thing I have been. This this will be a quickie kind of thing, and I'll probably bring this up on um, the Facebook group. It's an okay. Well, Mitch is totally right on this. Best bang for your buck is a Costco Guinness, little over a dollar per can, and lower calories than a Budweiser. That's totally right. Totally right. Um, now what? Um, well, yeah, because um, damn, a Guinness is. What's what's the alcohol on that? Is that like four point six? I think. I'm, try, I'm trying to remember now. Uh, Guinness. Actually, oh shit. What am I doing? Let me just go on um, Untapped. Untapped the social media app, or for beer drinking, or something. I don't know. Whatever. Come on, search you son of a bitch. Uh, four point three. I was close. I was point three off. Um. Whereas, like a regular. Let's see, a regular Budweiser is... Do, 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 do. Regular Budweiser is five. Um, that reminds me, I still haven't found that new thing of Project 12 yet. Uh, Bud Light is 4.2. And I know Bud Light, I think, is 110 calories, 119, something like that. But, st- yeah, okay, and yeah, and Guinness, Guinness is 125, which is fantastic, 
given that it's four more ounces than a bud and it just tastes better too. Um, like Dennis said, Guinness alcohol content is delicious in all caps. Um, it, yeah, I mean that, that's why like, I, th- I think Mitch influenced me greatly with this, that, um, Guinness has become one of my real go-to beers where I go into the store. I'm like, eh, I'm not feeling anything else. Guinness is just nice. And you know, okay. One with 25 based off 12 ounces. Um, Actually, no, I thought, I thought the whole cans they were saying were, I could have sworn how many calories in a can of, not tuna, Guinness. I'm almost positive the entire can, but I I could be completely wrong. Um, Let's see if Guinness, five things you didn't know. Uh, Oh, okay. Uh, Huh, son of a bitch, it is. Mitch was right. Damn it! Damn it! I've been logging it slightly wrongly. <laughs> well, then again, well, no, I, I, I'm an, I'm an idiot because I've been, uh, I think I've been putting in the wrong ounces. Um, huh. Huh, so technically there are more calories in a Guinness, but eh, Guinness tastes better anyway, so what the hell. Um, I'm going to have to make sure I change that um, at some point. Let's see here. Um, oh, okay, we, that's what I was getting into. This is one thing I'll probably post on the Facebook group. Um, I mean, j- just dip into, this is like a three-month-old Reddit thread. But somebody that was a bit new to craft beer wanted to try what he called some lesser-known beers, wanted to see what some people's favorites are, said, you can only drink three beers for the rest of your life, go. And there was, two, I don't know, there, there was just... Some snobbery and elitism in this uh, in this thread. It seemed. I mean, you had people. It almost seemed like they almost seemed like hipster beer drinkers. Like one of them, Bows Point Sculpin, Du Dusil Pesh Mortel, and Hublon Schuf. Okay, yeah. Let's let's name uh, two out of three beers that I have not heard of. Which I don't know. Doesn't necessarily say much, but. Um, like, you know, one person, one, one person said Guinness at least. So, um, let's see, Orval, Sam Smith's nut brown ale, but one person actually got downvoted on here because two out of his three beers. Okay. The first one was new Glarus spotted cow. Then he had Guinness and then he had line and Kugel summer shandy and got downvoted for it. So apparently you're not allowed to like what you like. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. Some of the beer drinkers on Reddit are, they seem to be just as bad as some of the people on Beer Advocate. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, Dennis, Mitch is, Mitch is completely right. Mitch has, Mitch has totally corrected my, uh, my worldview on that. Um, let's see here. I know I gotta do that. Ah, that's what I want to do. Twelve ounces. See, I'm 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 doing this during the show now because I'm smart. Save. Because I'm I'm a responsible drink. <laughs> Wait, did I just say that? I'm a responsible drinker. <laughs> oh, that was probably one of the funniest things I've said all show. Shit. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna get into the. Um, into the new uh, 
new releases and reveals for the week because I, I have a I have a decent amount of them going on here, and I think that'll that'll easily easily. Um, wait, what? Wait, what? What? Dennis, what impression did I do this time? Seriously, what did I do? And um, uh oh, wait, who, who who's the queer? Is it is it Dennis or is it me, Mitch? Because if it's me, I'll, I'll I'll accept that. If it's Dennis, I'll well I'll accept it more. Uh okay. First one I got here. This is one from Stone. I know Stone is kind of hit or miss with certain things. Uh, this one I would not try just because of the base beer of it, but the concept I kind of like. This is their Southern Chard. It's a smoky barrel aged version of their Double Bastard Ale. Aged for 10 months in heavily charred Kentucky bourbon and American oak barrels. Oh, okay. Redditors are... Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, Mitch. Hey, I'm, 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 you know, three quarters through the show here. You know, I, my comprehension is low. But yes, Mitch, Mitch in the chat said, Fuck you, your taste buds are not the same as mine, stupid queer. And that does seem to be the case. But you know what? I think any, any, any message board you get into where there is some sort of fandom... Be it like you know, Transformers message boards like I used to frequent, beer message boards like Beer Advocate, uh, maybe I don't know My Little Pony message boards like uh, Bisexual Ian likes to go on. Um, you're gonna have that batch of people that are your tastes are different than mine, therefore your tastes suck, and that seems to be what the uh, the redditors will do. But anyway, back to the the Stone Southern Chard. Um, their Double Bastard Ale, it's a very, very hoppy one uh, for anyone that's never had Double Bastard. Even Arrogant Bastard's way too hoppy for me. I, get, I, I try it because of the smoky flavors, but I know there's no way I'd be able to stomach it because I can't deal with Arrogant Bastard, much less Double Bastard. It's uh, 12.6%, 500 milliliter bottles. It's on shelves now. It's actually part of a series that they're doing called the Quingenti Milliliter Series, along with Crime and Punishment. Yes, that's two different beers. Crime and Punishment. Uh, both also now available nationally. Crime is the Lucky Bastard Ale with peppers added and aged in bourbon barrels. Again, if it wasn't for the fact that it's this damn hoppy stuff, I'd be all over that. Punishment is Double Bastard instead of Lucky Bastard with the same peppers, same aging. So keep an eye out for those. Posted a picture in the chat for anybody that is interested. Uh, next one I got here. This is one I'm probably never going to see, but it looked interesting to me anyway. And I like the can art. This is Tallgrass Brewing Vanilla Bean Buffalo Sweat. It's based on their popular cask-brewed Buffalo Sweat Oatmeal Cream Stout, which just right there sounds delicious, with whole Ugandan vanilla beans added. Um, and I'm suddenly remembering for some reason, doesn't have anything to do with Uganda, but it reminds me of coming to America and what was it, um, that stupid, some stupid news desk anchor that thought he was being funny doing, uh, quotes and impressions from coming to America, which I'm not going to do. <laughs> um, oh, and, uh, Mitch says he's had the regular Buffalo sweat, so it's not bad. Okay. Um, Fans describe this one as liquid chocolate chip cookies made with espresso. So that actually sounds pretty delicious. Five point five percent alcohol, 
Uh, it's available in 16-ounce cans. It's being brewed and shipped through mid-February. Take me to the Waldorf Historia. See, I can't. I can't do James Earl Jones. I, I can't. It, it, but I, but I can. I can do. Um, I can do other lines from uh, Coming to America. For instance, uh, when when Hakim wait, was it? Wait, was Hakim the the Eddie Murphy character? Was that um, Arsenio Hall? I'm trying to remember now. Uh, but anyway, when he when he opens the doors, this, this was always my. Uh, my favorite uh, favorite scene in the movie opens the doors. Good morning, my neighbors. I fuck you. Yes, yes. Fuck you too. Number nine. <laughs> Mitch saying a side note. First time he had it was at a sushi place. And if you know anything about Asian places, they're terrible at spelling. They called it Buffalo Sweet. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um. Next one I got here. Uh, Allagash Midnight Brett Ale, and if you know anything about, uh, um, what is it, the Brettanomyces, uh, it's going to be like a wild ale, so let me post it, wait, number nine, oh, okay, I was like seeing duplicates in the chat there, what's going on? Uh, here's the image for the Midnight Brett Ale from Allagash. Uh, it was first released in May, but in a very limited fashion, they're Planning for wider distribution in uh, 12.7-ounce bottles. I don't understand these weird size bottles, but... Well, I mean, it's 375 milliliters, so it's not as weird. It's an American wild ale brewed with a dark wheat malt and rye fermented with the Brettanomyces. Uh, It's said to have the aroma and flavor of fresh berries, sour cherries, and a slightly roasted character, which... uh, That sounds good to me. I don't know. 7.3% alcohol. I'm going to have to keep an ear to the ground for this one because I I know I get Allagash out here, but I don't know if that's one that I'm actually going to see. Um, let's see what I got next on here. Making sure I have that. Okay. Um, we got a new winter seasonal from Lazy Magnolia Brewing. Let me bring that up. It's kind of a see. Th- this label almost looks like it's a photocopy, so I'd almost think it's not the final one. I don't know, but it's their uh, let's see, Black Creek Southern Style Imperial Stout. Um, coffee and chocolate flavors, quote meant to keep you warm on the coldest southern night. Uh, Lazy Magnolia. It's out of Mississippi, so. I don't believe I've seen Lazy Magnolia out here, so I'm probably not going to see it. But if you're down south, you're very well made. It's uh, Mississippi's oldest brewery. It's going to be in 12-ounce bottles, 8.5% alcohol. Arrival still to be determined on that. But I'm getting a feeling, because it's a winter seasonal, we're probably going to see it within the next two, three weeks. Uh, let's see. We got 21st Amendment fireside chat. I, I love, love, love the can art for 21st Amendment. And this one is no exception. This one, this one's just a good one. Fireside chat winter spiced ale. It's a dark ruby brown English style ale clocks in at a toasty 7.9% alcohol. Should be on shelves soon. If not already. What the hell? Michael Bolton. What the? I'm so confused right now. I have no idea why we have Michael Bolton in the chat. I'm, 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 I'm a little frightened by that actually. 
Um, oops, sorry about that. Um, let's see here. Yingling. Yingling is... Is Mitch trying to get me to sing something like Time, Love, and Tenderness? Possibly. I'm... I don't know. I'm scared now. I'm really scared by that. Uh, okay, so Yingling, they are planning a summer seasonal. I know how much Dennis loves Yingling. Um, damn it. These images of Michael Bolton are going to make me sing, I swear. Um, I don't even know any Michael Bolton. What the hell? Um... It's a Yingling Summer Wheat. It's a traditional Weizen beer. Uh, their Oktoberfest, it was their most recent seasonal edition. It's going to be in 12-ounce bottles and on draft. Specific arrivals to be determined, but I'd guess... Uh, <laughs> fuck you, I grew, I grew up late 80s, early 90s. I had to be subjected to this stuff. I'd hear it when I was working at Sam's Club on the in-store radio. Um, so specific arrivals to be determined on this Yingling May or June, probably I'm guessing, um, alcohol content currently unknown. Would you be more mortified that I actually do know some lyrics though, Dennis? Um, let me see. I know I don't have a lot of time left here, but what the hell? Uh, I'll, fin- I'll finish up the uh, I'll finish up the show with uh, with with some of this. Let's see here. Here we go. Uh, let's doing doing this for Dennis here. This is from the essential Michael Bolton. Oh God, this is so awful. <laughs> okay, Sam Adams is going to be making beer infused cigars. I actually posted one of these in the Facebook group. Um, it's a partnership with Ted Cigars. They're using Sam Adams Utopias 2013. Yes, the $199 bottle stuff, which I will probably never see a bottle of unless you guys help me out with that. They are hand-rolled in the Dominican Republic, then shipped to Ted Cigars in Louisville. Sounds like a Jim Norton bit. uh, For the infusion process. They're actually relatively cheap if you want to get them online. Uh, If you you do a Google search for Ted Cigars... Okay, good God, I... (laughs) No, I'm not saying this. Hold on. Um, you can get them at tedcigars.com or something like that. Let's see. Let's see if I remember these lyrics. When love puts you through the fire, when love puts you through the test, something, 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 time, love, and tenderness. Okay, that's enough of that. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> hate you, Dennis. I hate you. <laughs> so, do a search for Ted Cigars. You'll find, um, they, they, you can buy them by the case. You can buy, like, a few of them, or you can just buy one, and I think it was, like, twelve ninety nine for one. I may actually just get one of these cigars, because I think it'll be the closest I'll get to Utopias. And then, um, I'm just gonna keep this running. Um, maybe I'll carry into Dutch and Royce tonight, who knows. Um, this isn't like new beer releases, but some just a little bit of expanding distribution. Uh, some people may find this interesting. Boston Beer Company, they're making the entry into Australia, courtesy of a long-term distribution agreement with Coca-Cola Amatil starting in mid-December. More locally, for me at least, Carton Brewing of New Jersey, they're bringing their new boat beer session ale via self-distribution to 15 different re- and, uh, New Jersey retailers. 
all of which can be found on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash carton brewing, where love puts you through the... F- oh, damn it. Facebook.com slash carton brewing. Uh, Mich- Michigan-based Kunhen, that sounds racist for some reason, has worked out deals with distributors for a slow, limited expansion based on their capacity to provide inventory. Their beers, they're actually also now available at Ford Field in their Michigan craft beer section, and they will be on rotation at the new local bar section in Joe Louis Arena. Uh, speaking of Joe Louis Arena, let's see if the Red Wings are losing yet. Uh, no, we're not, shockingly. Okay, good. Uh, and then... <laughs> God, Dennis is dead. Uh... Okay, one more. Uh, Centennial Beer Company, they partnered with Tivoli Distributing to expand their distribution throughout most of Colorado, starting with All-American Blonde and All-American Red Ale. That is it for the week. That's the show. Um, check out Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Be sure to like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Follow me on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S at MLR underscore alcohol. Stay tuned for Unsigned Hype coming up next. Followed by Dutch and Royce. I'll see you guys pre-recorded next week.